up Sunday morning with no way to hold my head didn't hurt And the beer I had for breakfast wasn't bad so I had one more for dessert Then I fumbled through my closet for my clothes and found my cleanest dirty shirt And I shaved my face and combed my hair and stumbled down the stairs to meet the day I'd smoked my brain the night before Cigarettes and songs that I'd been picking Hey, good morning and welcome to Actually Evenings with Ken As I am uh, uh, pre-recording this episode It's an evening uh, morning, Mornings with Ken, if that makes sense But I am just sitting actually outside At my little... Uh, I don't know if you call it a fire pit, burning some uh, debris. I don't know if you could hear it crackling in the background or not, but anyway, I'm just sitting here this evening, taking a few moments to relax, as we talked about many times on this uh, podcast, taking time to relax. If I can get a little personal with you. If you don't mind, uh, of course, my father has been suffering with dementia for quite a while, and uh, things have progressed where he's going to need twenty-four hour care, and uh, and uh, I guess I'm being the caregiver right now, and it's been a rough, it's been a rough day. It's been a tough day, um, really trying to tend to him and find out what his needs are and how he's doing and uh, all the things that go with taking care of a loved one who needs full-time care. So, and all the paperwork that goes with... uh, getting the finances and everything trying to get that in order and as far as uh, Medicaid and things like that um, that's a full-time job I actually had the dining room table spread out with the computers uh, iPad laptop paperwork all over the dining room table making phone calls going online and filling out stuff online And it's like a full-time job. And then tending to my dad, um, because my mother's unable to uh, take care of him the way he needs to be taken care of, because he he needs someone to kind of hold him up and things like that. And I've been trying to do stuff around the house. And finally, I just thought, you know what? It's okay even at a time like this to take a little bit of time 
and relax. It's okay to relax. So I told my mom where I was at in the backyard. And I told her, Mom, I'm going to go outside for a little bit. If Dad needs anything or if you need something, um, yell out the window or <laughs> give me a ring on my phone or come outside and get me and I'll come right in. But I said, I need a little bit of a break right now. But if Dad needs anything, you come and get me and I'll be right there. So I scraped up some twigs and leaves that I've been wanting to get rid of. And I just thought, you know what? I'm going to. I'm going to burn my little fire pit and I'm going to sit out here with a nice glass of sweet tea and I'm going to sit here and take a few minutes of mental health. And uh, it's hard for me because I'm such a doer since if there's stuff that's got to get done, I don't like putting things off. I really like to stay active and uh, get a lot of things done. So it's hard for me to say, Kenny, it's okay if you can't finish all this paperwork. Um, a lot of it's just because I need certain documents that I don't have. And so I have to wait on people to send me documents before I can do my job. And, and uh, it's a little frustrating because I just want to get things done. But I, I, I guess the Lord is teaching me patience right now. And uh, so I was in the house and just kind of like really kind of bummed because I'm thinking, man, I, I want to get all this financial stuff taken care of. I want to go through these papers. And I, and I did a lot of that. Oh, I did a lot of it. <laughs> but then I get antsy and I want to be out. I want to do other projects and some home I can get done. And uh, I finally decided, you know what? It's okay. I don't have to get everything done. I don't have to get everything done. It's okay to take a mental a mental break. And I shouldn't feel guilty about it. And so I guess I'm uh kind of like preaching to the choir or preaching to myself rather, I guess. Because sometimes I have to listen to my own <laughs> my own uh, suggestions or, or, you know, and uh, it's hard. It's easy to tell others what they should do, but it's hard sometimes to do it yourself. But I finally realized enough is enough. I have to set and relax. And then I can do other stuff later. It doesn't all have to be done tonight. And it's okay. So I want to tell my mother-in-law, if she's listening, Pat Walton. Pat, it's okay on Thursdays if you don't mop the floor and vacuum the rug. It's okay. The world's not going to come to an end. You got that, Pat? All right. Um, little personal message to my mother-in-law, who I dearly love and appreciate. But I uh, just want to pick on her for a minute. So, hey, let's take a break and... uh. I'll be right back. Today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you. By now you should have somehow 
Hey, enough about me already. You don't need to hear me uh, ramble on about all my personal stuff, right? You don't need to hear all that. But what you may want to hear is from psychcentral.com. Psychcentral.com. These are some ways... 15 tips to help you make the most important decisions. 15 tips to help you make the most important decisions. And the reason I'm reading this today is because I got some important decisions to make. Um, First of all, as a Christian, pray. You know what? God is not uninvolved in our daily lives. God is not some... Uh, you know, a far off God who who never comes, you know, doesn't care what you do. He just created the earth and threw it in space, and letting us, uh, you know, do it all on our own. God isn't involved in our daily lives, and and you know, so He cares about what we do. So that being said, but according to Psych Central. 15 tips to help you make uh, important decisions. Number one, set aside some quiet time. And if you're contemplating making major decisions, there's no point in attempting to do so surrounded by distractors, ringing phones, nonstop emails, the constant buzz of chatter from the those around you. Likewise, avoid working on important decisions when you're tired, hungry, and don't feel well or emotionally upset, physically overworked, or under a great deal of pressure pressure and stress. Very good. I like that. I like that. Do not... Um, I got distracted there, folks, for a minute. Um, but, yeah, don't make decisions like that. Um, that. That's a nightmare waiting to happen. So they want you to devote some quiet time to just think about your decision. Okay? I think that's good. I like that. Number two, clarify your thoughts. Undoubtedly, there's a lot going on in your head, much of which has nothing to do with the decision you're trying to make. Clear the noise by doing some meditation, deep breathing, prayer, or whatever helps you clarify your thoughts. A calm and centered mind is the best foundation for effective decision-making. Yeah, I mean, I go with that. Clarify your thoughts. Clarify your thoughts. Number three, be clear about your goals. Often there are multiple goals swirling in your head. You might be confused and want to quit the decision-making process because you can't decide which goal should rise to the top. Take some time to think about what it is you want, what you're willing to work for, and what results you want to achieve. Such goal is clarity 
is such goal clarity is necessary to arrive at a workable sound decision. So, yeah, there's multiple things in your head. And that's where I think writing stuff down helps. And uh, so let's move on. Number four, give yourself a timetable. Decisions must have a timetable. Otherwise, actions would be put off, delayed in favor of other distraction and activities. The most difficult decision, the greater the likelihood of it slipping away without a timetable to adhere to. At the very least, give yourself a progress check at regular intervals so you can gauge how well you're doing and what adjustments need to be just adjustments need to be made. I like that because sometimes when you if you're making a, a really heavy decision and it's weighing on you, we tend to put things off and like you know what and, and distract ourselves with other things and to keep putting it off. But then what happens when you know if you keep putting it off. Then that, there's that timetable when you have to make a decision, you might make an irrational decision. So I like that one. Very good. Number five, gather information. Not every decision can be made without further research, gathering information, checking sources, lining up sources and allies as appropriate. Any major decision requires a certain amount of information that you may need to locate. Be sure information gathering is part of your decision making and process on important matters. Yeah, it's always good to have the right information. Go to buy many different sources and uh, gather all the intel you can get. Number six, recognize your bias. Sometimes you're not aware that you hold biases in certain areas. Everyone has a bias, so this is nothing unusual. However, if you fail to recognize your bias, your choices will reflect your bias and not be as effective as they could be. If you need to help in this area, ask a trusted friend to tell you what they believe to be your bias so you can make allowances for that prior to making a weighty decision. I like that one. Talk to a friend, a good friend. A good friend will tell you what your strengths and weaknesses are, what they think that is affecting your decision. So ask a good friend, hey, what are my, what are, what are my biases? What's, what's uh, influencing my decision? I like that. Number seven, strive to be objective. Uh, do 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 objectivity objectivity is the paramount is paramount when it comes to making crucial choices some of which may be life altering in addition to recognizing any biases you have also strive to be objective in your decision making process this is a neutral zone and in term step you settle on before going f- further into what choices you make Okay, that's good. I, I kind of think in a way, I don't know if we're going to get to this later, but I kind of think of like being objective. What would you tell somebody in your shoes? I mean, that's something to think about anyway. Number eight, consider what your instincts say. 
Some call it a sixth sense, while others say it's relying on your gut. Listen to what your instincts tell you, for they are often right when it comes to what's best for you or what you should be paying attention to before making a key decision. Lay out the facts. Number nine, put everything you know about the decision you need to make regarding your selected goal down on paper so you can look at it objectively. Don't skip this step because to do so would distort your decision. You need all the facts before you can go. So number nine, lay out all the facts on the piece of paper. I like that. I like that. Number 10, weigh the pros and cons. And I'm not going to read this one because it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, put a line down the middle of a paper, pros on the left, cons on the right, and uh, just come up with some pros and cons. I'm just saving time here, folks. Number 11, envision the consequences of your action. Look ahead and think about what will happen if you take this course of action you're considering. See in your mind the consequences of the decision. If what you envision is acceptable, even desirable, this will help solidify your choice. If it's negative, are you willing to go ahead anyway? Is the likely outcome worth than the risk of fallout for ultimate good? Number 12. Number 12. Think how your decision will square with your values. You know what? I'm not going to... I'm just going to put my own thoughts here. Um, Yeah, because think how your decision will square with your values. I think that's very good because in today's world when values can be twisted and bent and reshaped, don't go against your values. Uh, you know, there's something to be said about just being honest and trustworthy and and uh, doing what you say you believe in. So don't go against your values. Number 13, factor in follow-up. Factor in follow-up. Remember that whatever decision you make isn't the end of the process. Also important is taking the time to follow up on your chosen actions Did they turn out as expected? Did you meet your objectives and arrive at your goal? Is this the decision you likely make again? Is there a way you can improve upon it? Can you revise the current action to make your choice better? I don't know. I tend not to second guess myself. but um, Moving on, number 14. Make an informed choice. After going through each of these steps, you're ready to make an informed choice. Proceed with, um, proceed and select what you're going to do. This is what the decision-making process um, entails, and you've conducted yourself thoroughly. Make your choice. So make a choice. Make a choice. What if you make a choice not to make a choice? Is that still making a choice? Number 15, act on your decision. You've selected your choice and now ready and now ready to act on your decision. Keep in mind that thoughts 
without actions are infected, infect, ineffective. You've come all this way and put in all the due diligence to arrive at a decision. Now it's time to get to work and act on your decision. Yeah, you know, it, that kind of reminds me. You ever met people that they say they're going to follow this decision, but they just sit on their hands and don't do it? That's no good. Make your decision and go for it. Um, I like that one. I think that's very good. You could sit on your hands, but you're just going to sit there and the problem's still going to be there the next day. So once you make the decision, go all in. All in. Hey, take a break. I'll be right back. Back when, before there was the internet, and before there was, you know, in the 90s, that <laughs> sound from AOL. Yeah, long before that. Before before the great World Wide Web that Al Gore created, um, there was this term called chatter. This term called chatter. And uh, I learned about it from a late night uh talk show I listened to in the 80s um, and the term chatter it's a glo- it refers to a global uh, a global mindset uh, that's not the right word but what the world seems to be all talking about and it always starts off real slow. Um, trying to think of a good example. Um, I guess some would say like the, like maybe across the world, um, there's a sense that everybody seems to be getting sad or depressed. Or there could be chatter, um, concerning everybody has a sense of dread or everybody's talking about something good getting ready to happen overall. It's a sense. It's like a sixth sense. It's a, it's a feeling. It's a thought. And the chatter refers to different people could have this same idea around the world and it's a sense of the greatest a topic that seems to be growing and growing and growing that's kind of what chatter is 
And um, watch. I know I'm not a prophet, nor do I play one on TV. Um, I don't claim to be a prophet, or you know, so you know. But there's this growing chatter, and it's going to continue to grow because I've already, I've already. Uh, there's been a couple articles on it. There's a chatter for inequity in vacation time. <laughs> I'm sorry, don't 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 laugh like I just did. But there is a sense of social justice and chattering about inequity in inequ in, oh my gosh, I can't even talk. I'm half watching TV as I'm doing this podcast. Um inequity in vacation. Yes. The questions have been raised. Why should some be able to afford fancy vacations and others either not have a vacation because they can't afford it or have a very inexpensive vacation? And you're, you're going to start seeing more articles on that, I believe. I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I've already read there's this one... I'm sorry, I, I didn't get the sources. I apologize for not having the source. But I read one thing this weekend where, I guess, two friends. Um, one friend was going to spend $80,000 on his summer vacation. Well, if he's a true friend, <laughs> maybe he could help out his friend and he could invite him or or do something nice for him, but... Um, so this one friend was going to spend $80,000 on a summer vacation. Um, you know, I guess if you have money, that's probably easy to do because you could stay at the best places and you could do the, you know, so that's probably something easy to do. So the other friend, he doesn't have any money. I mean, he's poor. He's poorer than his, his other friend. So he's like, yeah, he just he just really made me feel sad. And like I, I feel depressed about my life because I can't spend that kind of money on vacation. And uh Yeah, so there's there's some chatter that's starting to grow. Um so watch for it and see just just keep that in the back of your mind and see if this see if this chatter starts to grow even louder. Because that's how things get started. It's a start. It's a quiet chatter, a very quiet chatter, and then it starts to grow and grow and grow. Hey, and you know me. I'm for the little guy. I'm. I'm. You know my heart for the poor, and I'm compassionate. But my gosh, my my mama raised me to say, you don't look at whatever what someone else has. And you're not you're not envious or jealous of what somebody else has. Good for them, especially when you're talking about whether you know you're going down to the art museum for your vacation, and and your friends are going on a Hawaiian vacation or going to a foreign nation. For the, you're ha- you're happy for your friend. You're not jealous. Anyway, I thought that was at least warranted warranted 
uh, being brought up this morning. I just thought that was the craziest thing. So if any of my friends are going on an $80,000 vacation, um, you know, take me and Dixie with you. Um, you know, I'll stay at the, I'll stay at the, uh, Motel 8 or Motel 6. Um, I'll leave the light on for you. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's all I got, guys. You guys take care and I'll see you. I'll see you tomorrow. Love you guys. Bye-bye.